this session of look at the book on our way through Philippians, I just want to focus on one thing in in verse six of chapter one, namely, what is the meaning of the phrase "day of Jesus Christ?" And I am sure of this: that He, it's God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at or until we'll talk about that later the day of Jesus Christ. What does this refer to? And what we'll be illustrating is simply what you can do if you have a concordance that is a a book that lists all the uses of the word day or Jesus, or if you have a computer Bible program, then you can put in day of or day of Jesus or day of Jesus Christ and look up all those uses. That's basically what I did to get ready for this. So, Father, we really need to know what this day is because it is the most important day coming for us. And I pray that you would help us discern its essential meaning. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and we'll come back to this a couple of more times to see how it fits into the context, but we can't make any headway unless we know the meaning of phrases here, and I'm just going to do a little survey of what does day of Jesus Christ mean. So let's get a little background in the Old Testament, starting with the day of the Lord. Wail for the day of the Lord is near as a destruction from the Almighty it will come. So the day of the Lord is a day that's coming in which God is going to bring destruction. Ezekiel chapter 30 verse 3, for the day is near. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. In other words, it's predicting serious judgment in the future on unbelieving nations, unbelieving people. Here it is again, Joel chapter 1, verse 15, all these from Old Testament prophets. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is near and as destruction from the Almighty. Sometimes in the Old Testament, day of the Lord is collapsed like a telescope from a distant day of judgment to, here's the prophet talking, and he says, the day of the Lord is coming, and it comes right here in a foreshadowing in the judgment on one of God's enemies as a foretaste or foreshadowing of this final judgment, which is why it can can be called near here. Now, you come into the New Testament, and you realize that this judgment has been given over to the Lord Jesus. This is John 5, 27. And he has given him, God has given to him, Jesus, authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. So you realize that the coming of Jesus into the world introduces a new phase in understanding the day of the Lord in that judgment is given into the hands of Jesus. And so we read here in Luke 14, 1724, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will be the Son of Man in his day. So this is the day of the Lord being 
understood in terms of the second coming of Jesus when, when lightning flashes from sky to sky and the Son of Man has his day. So you come now into the writings of Paul and you see how he uses the term. He uses it in 1 Corinthians 1.8, Christ will sustain you in, to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. All three terms, day of Lord, day of Jesus, day of Christ. Or you go to 2 Corinthians 1.14, on the day of our Lord Jesus just those two phrases, you will boast of us as we will boast of you. First Thessalonians 5, 2 and 3, you yourselves know, you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord. So now we've, we've seen day of the Lord Jesus. We've seen day of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen in Philippians day of Christ. And now we just get day of the Lord. They're all referring to the same essential future event. Now, what, what is it? What's going to happen now that judgment is in the hand of Jesus in our future? You yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. So it's still a day of destruction, but not only destruction. Here's 2 Thessalonians 1, 6-10. Now watch how in this unit both sides of the day of the Lord are addressed. The good for us and the bad for those who reject God. God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when... The Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. So this is the day of the Lord Jesus Christ with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day. to be glorified in his saints. So we're going to get relief as we glorify him and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. So you get two, you get destruction and you get relief and worship. That's what the day of the Lord is going to bring. Here's a picture of it in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 and 13. Now, if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and straw, each one's work will become manifest for the Lord, for the day, the day. That's the day of the Lord, the day of Jesus, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the day of Christ. The day will disclose it. So this is a day in which the work of believers will be revealed because it will be revealed by fire. 
and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Picture of it in 2 Timothy 4, 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me, Paul says, me, Paul, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's all Christians. So all Christians who have loved his appearing will on that day be awarded their appropriate rewards. Now back to Philippians. We not only saw that in chapter 1, verse 6, God will complete the work that he's begun at the day of Christ. But now two more times that's referred to in Philippians. And it is my prayer, this is chapter 1, verse 9, and Paul's prayer, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may prove what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus. That's going to happen because chapter 1, verse 6 is going to come true. God's going to complete the work that he's begun in us and we will be found pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with fruits of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God, a day of great praise and glory to God through God's people as they are found to be pure and blameless at that day because chapter 1, verse 6 has come true. And then one more place, chapter 2, Verse 14 to 16, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So Paul is going to receive his reward for his faithful ministry among the Philippians because they have now made it to the end. And this chapter 1, verse 6 has come true. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So now we realize how much is hanging on this. This is the day of judgment, the day of punishment for the wicked, reward for the righteous. It's a day when we realize God has done his work. He began the work in us and he will bring it to completion. This is why this verse is so massively important for our sustaining assurance and encouragement because we realize we realize how much hangs on it and if God doesn't do the finishing where will we be so we'll look at that again when we focus on these on this one verse a couple more times